So the subject of uh, this evening is does the Zohar, Kabbalah, predict the future? It's a very interesting subject because if we know the future, then uh, we can know a lot of things in life. So we're going to go through many different texts. It's going to be a we're not going to now go into our predictions. Uh, we're going to learn on the fixed text from our sources to learn about it. We will discuss if there is a need to predict the future. What is the... Is it good to, to know the future or better not to know the future? But let's make it uh, short right away. The answer like this will not uh, stay too long with the suspense. And to know if... Kabbalah, the Zohar, predict the future? The answer in one word is yes. Yes, in the Zohar, that is the main book of Kabbalah, there is written prediction of the future. And this evening, we will learn together between many, the many text sources that we will learn. We will learn the text from the Zohar, actually, inside. And we will see how these texts predict the future. So you will ask me, how do I know that that will happen if it's the future? So the answer is, it really happened. Meaning, when the Zohar was written, it didn't happen yet. The Zohar wrote something of the future, and it happened in the future. So we're going we're gonna to see it into, into the text. The subject will be around a story that happened in the Torah, with our, our father Jacob, Yaakov. Why are we talking about it today? Because it's actually the subject of this uh, weekly portion, this parasha of this week. This week we're concluding the book of uh, Bereshit, the first book of the Torah. And then in the end of the first book, it's the story of the last years of the life of Yaakov, the last 17 years of his life. He grew up in the land of Israel, but then later, at the end of his life, he arrived in Egypt, where he went to meet his son Yosef, after they find Yosef after 22 years. And at the last days of his life, he calls all, all his family, and he's telling to each one of the 12 sons a special blessing. But before giving a blessing to each one, Yaakov wanted to reveal to them the biggest secret of the world. <laughs> he wanted to reveal to his son, when will Mashiach come? To give them the date. And what happened? If that will be written in the Torah, then we'll, we'll know exactly what will happen. The moment he wanted to say it, God took it away from him. Hashem took it away from him, the power to say it, and he wasn't able to say it. And we're going to see that in the text, and we're going to try to understand about predicting the future. So I invite all of you to open the book that we have, Torah Studies, Season 1, at the page 200. And here we have a text from the...
We have a text from the parasha of the week. If you see it at the page 200, I will read it in Hebrew. Vayikra Yaakov el Banav. Yaakov called his son. Vayomer. And he told him, He asfu gathered ve'agid alachem. And I will tell you, at asher yikra etchem b'charit ayamim, what will happen to you in the end of the days. This is what Yaakov wanted to tell to his son. And then, in the next pasuk, he said, "Ikapsu v'shimu bnei Yaakov v'shimu al Yisrael el Avichem, gathered and listened sons of Yaakov and listened to Israel, your father." So why do we two parts? The second part it's the beginning of the blessing, but in the first part, he's saying, "Come, I will tell you," and then he didn't tell them anything. So to understand what's happening in this pasuk, in this verse, what did he wanted to say? It, we're going to learn a text from the Gemara. That explains the pasuk. At the page 201, you have the text of the Gemara, and we'll go right away into the subject. It's from the Talmud of Babylon, that was uh, written between the 2nd and the 5th century in Babylon, in Babel, where at that time most of the Jews lived after the destruction of the Second Temple by the Romans. And there, there was the Talmud that was written. It's basically the main basic work of all the oral Torah, what was given through all the generation, it was put on the book in the Talmud. But what the Talmud actually is writing, many times it's what came over from all the generation. Just it was keeping, just in oral, and now it came into the text. And here it comes like this. Page 201. The Amma Rabbi Shimon ben Lakish, a sage called Rabbi Shimon, he gives us the following teaching. When Yaakov called his son and he said to them, Come, I will tell you. Yaakov wishes to reveal to his sons the date of the coming of Mashiach. It's what the, how the Talmud explained the Pasuk. Actually, this sentence, it's not written in the verse of the Torah. It's the explanation that the Talmud gives on the text. On the text, Venistalka mimenu shchina, but the shchina went away from him. What is the shchina? The shchina is the power to give it over. This power to give over this prophecy that Yaakov has in his head, the date of the coming of Mashiach, went away. So he, he was almost going to reveal the secret, but he went away. Amar Yaakov said to himself in his heart. Maybe one of my sons that is here in front of me is not proper, doesn't follow the way of God, and therefore they don't deserve that I shall reveal to them the date of the coming of Moshiach. And he has an example. And Yaakov already know that from the patriarch before him, not all the sons continue in the same way. Abraham had two sons. Yitzchak continue in the way, in the path of God. But Ishmael took another direction. And again Yitzchak. Yaakov himself, he continued in the same way. But his brother Esav took another way. So Yaakov is in front of his sons. He wants to tell him the secret. But the Shekhinah goes away. So he said, if the Shekhinah goes away, maybe it means that one of them is not proper. Amrulo Banav. In that moment, all the sons said to Yaakov a sentence, and this is 
the Jewish sentence that is the most known all over the world. They told them like this, and this is according to the Gemara, the origin of this sentence, the first time it was ever said. Shema Yisrael, Adonai Eloheinu, Adonai Echad. Listen Israel. Who is Israel? They were talking to their father. Their father Yaakov, his name is also Israel. It's a name that was given by an angel and by Hashem himself, by God himself. So listen Israel, they told them. Hashem is our God. Hashem is one. So this sentence, where it's coming from, it's a pasuk actually in the Torah. It will be written in the Torah. On the Torah that Moshe gives in the Hasinai, there is this sentence. But already the children of Yaakov, they told it to their father. Meaning, don't worry. We all, inside of us, we have one God. So don't be afraid that there is something wrong happening here. Amru, keshem she'en belibcha elai echad, kachen belibeno elai echad. The same way in your heart, there is only one. In our heart, there is only one. In that moment, Yaakov Avinu was so happy. So he gave an answer. And he replied to his sons. He told them, Blessed is the name of Hashem forever and ever. Because he was so happy to hear that all his sons, he has 12 sons, and all of them, they continue the path. Abraham and Yitzchak, they had two sons. One follow, why not? He has 12 sons. And all of them in this past, I was so happy, said Baruch Shem. Actually, in the Torah, when it will be written, Shema Yisrael Hashem, Lokenu Hashem Echad, what is written right after in the Torah? Ve'ahavta et Hashem Elokecha. You will love Hashem. The sentence that we say, Baruch Shem, it's not written in the text of the Torah, after Shema. So why are we saying it after Shema, between Shema and Ve'ahavta? We add another line. This line, if it's not written in the Torah, why do, why do we put it here? The answer is that this line was the answer of Yaakov to his children. Now, because it was the answer of Yaakov, we want to make the difference between the text of the Torah and the sentence of Yaakov. So how do we mark this difference? Shema, we say it loud, and Baruch Shem, we say it with the undertone, in the lower level, in order to mark the, the, the difference. There's another explanation that this sentence, Baruch Shem, when Moshe Rabbeinu went in the... In the on the top of Arsenai to get the Torah, he listened to the angels, the Malachim, they were saying that. So he stole, he stole this sentence from the Malachim. So each time we're saying it in silence because like someone that stole something, you will not use it in public. There's only one day that we say Baruch Shem, loud. Yom Kippur. Exactly. Why? Because this day we are similar to angels. We are like Malachim, so we can, we can say it loud. This is the, 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 the explaining to that. Now like this, let's try to learn this Gemara together. We read it, but let's try to learn it together, to understand it together. There is here two movements. Movement one, Yaakov wants to reveal to his sons the date of the coming of Mashiach. Movement two, Hashem take away from Yaakov this spirit in order to give it over and he's not able to give it over. So we're going to ask it in the Gemara way. We have here two questions. Why did Yaakov want it to reveal? the date of the coming of Mashiach. Why? What is, what is it useful? I will, I will ask even more the question, but I will ask you to answer, but I will ask you even more. How long ago did the story of Yaakov happen? This story of Yaakov happened more than 3,500 years ago. To be precise, 
29 years ago. 25 years ago. 3,000... Uh, uh, yeah, no, more, more, more. More. More than 3,525 years ago. This story happened. 3,525 This story of Yaakov. That means we know today that the date is not the day that is before. No. <laughs> because... We today know that Mashiach didn't come yet. We're still in exile. We have not yet the temple revealed and the peace all over the world and only good in the world. We know from a daily life that there is difficulties and it's not everything the way it will be when Mashiach will come. So that means that he, will, he, he wanted to tell them a date that's going to be, you know, Mashiach will come in more than 3,000 years. They will put down the, 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 the hand and go back to sleep. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what is the purpose to, to, to say that? What do you wanted to say it? Yaakov is a righteous person. He's a smart person. He's a, he's a tzaddik. If he wanted to tell it, it was for a purpose. Now we need to understand, number one, what is the purpose of Yaakov? Number two, if we understand what is the purpose of Yaakov, we need to understand. So if we find the answer and we can explain that Yaakov had a good purpose, so then why did God took it away? So we have, so we have two, two questions. What did Yaakov think? And why Hashem took it away? So this is what we're, trying to, we're going to try to explain to, today. And in the middle of that, uh, learning that subject, we'll see that in the Zohar there is about the future. And we're going to see that there was many tzaddikim and there is many books that we have today printed. Famous book from the greatest tzaddikim that exist. Where it's written the date of the coming of Mashiach. And we're going to read it inside the text. <laughs> and these dates, well, I, I will keep it for four. <laughs> we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna learn the text with the reference, with the book, everything in an open way. <laughs> so we did the Kabbalah, say the future. But first of all, I want to ask, what do you think, what did Yaakov wanted to say to his sons the date of the coming of Mashiach? What's the purpose? For which utility? It, will it give hope? Yeah. So I'm asking, it will give them hope? But, but to, it's true. To, but if it was true, but Hashem will come because there's a date. So it will give hope. Imagine someone comes and Mashiach will come in 3,000 years. You say, yes. To say that he's going to really come. So I think that the sons of Yaakov, they all believe that they will really come. They, they, and the fact to give a date in 3,000 years, no. if, I, if someone wants to prove you something that is true, and they're going to tell you the proof is in 3,000 years, you will doubt even more. To show how much he's connected to God, like God's providence he possesses, maybe? But, but the, to show the providence that he has. But what answer is for them? Yeah. The question is, what is, it's a very strong question. But when did the idea of Mashiach Already then they, they knew about Mashiach? Oh, it's, good. it's good, it's a good question. The Talmud said that uh, the idea of Mashiach begins from the moment of the creation of the world. Because this is actually the purpose of the creation of the world. Meaning the purpose, when the, to make it in, the, in a short way, when God created the world, and he created the first man and woman, Adam and Chava, they were in the Garden of Eden. That means they were on earth. But it was like the Garden of Eden on earth, meaning 
they were able to, it was a world of good, only good. And they were able to see, or to connect with God in an open way. After the first sin of eating the forbidden fruit, this presence of God went out of the earth. When Mashiach will come, we're going to repair all this. The presence, presence of God will come back on the earth, but that for a final, that means for a final stage, it will never go away, and the world will be only good. It's going to be no more sickness, no more jealousy, no more fight, everything, no more wars, everything that is negative will go away. It will be a way of good, a way of knowledge of God, and that's the purpose of the creation. So the tzaddikim, they always knew this is the purpose of creation, and they were always working in order to get together. So this is the goal. So, what did Yaakov wanted to say that to his children? Maybe he just wanted uh, them to be better people. So you know, it's a very, 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 uh, very good. He wanted to make them better people. So how, by telling them that Mashiach will come in 3,000 years, will make them better people? So they're harder to go than It is, it is. Actually, the, the, the answer is going into... Because the, 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 the purpose... Uh, in order to be a purpose means in order to make something better. Then there is a purpose to it. If it's not to make something better, so but the question is, how will that make them better? <laughs> every time to do the best we can. Every time, everywhere. Every time, everywhere. So just tell them, do the best every time, everywhere. <laughs> so we're going to go into it. We're going to... We're going to... To bring a chamanut. Yeah? To, bring the, to pray to Hashem. To pray it shall come. We're going we're gonna to go look a little bit into the text. Let's look at a text at the page 202. It's a text from the Yefet Tohar. Yefet Tohar is an explanation of the Midrash written by Rabbi Shmuel Yafe Ashkenazi. He lived in Turkey in the 16th century. And he has a very famous explanation of the Tohar. I learned it many times. Actually, if you learn the Midrash Rabbah, the main Midrash, you're going to have underprinted the Yefet Tohar, and this is the way the gate to get to the Midrash is through this explanation of Rabbi Shmuel Yafeh. And Rabbi Shmuel Yafeh said like this, Bikesh legalot lahem haketz shetzadikim ayu, ubatuach bahem shaaf alpi shi'u leorech yamim lo yashuvu macharei Hashem. He wanted to tell them the date of Mashiach because he knew, Yaakov knew, that his son, they were tzadikim, righteous people. And he was sure that even if they will know that Mashiach will come in a long time, they will not turn away from the way of God. He knew that they are able to handle such a secret, meaning someone simple, that is not on their level, may lost energy by knowing that Mashiach will come in 3,000 years. But by them, it will give them good energy because they were tzaddikim. And he continued, nevertheless, God didn't want that Yaakov should tell it. Why? Because people after them, meaning their children, they should not know about it. And they will lost hope. If they will know that it's for so long. So God didn't want that Yaakov should tell it. 
not because of the children, but because of other people. So this is actually the answer of the Fetuari's approach, that the children of Yaakov themselves, they will not be discouraged, they will not lose hope because of that, because they were tzaddikim, that's point one. Point two, Hashem didn't want them to reveal that because, because the other people will listen about it. So it's an answer, but we will not stop here because this answer is not yet complete. It's not yet complete. It doesn't explain why Yaakov wanted to tell it. The fact that they will not lost hope, they will not lose the hope, doesn't explain why to say it. It just explains that it will not harm. They will nevertheless continue to serve God. But it doesn't explain yet what is the positive effect of telling it. Why are you telling it? And more than that, there is, you know, Gemara is wisdom. Torah is wisdom. There is a sentence that we say in the Tefillah. Sov davar akol nishma. Et ha'elohim yiravet mitav shemor kizek ola adam. Sov davar, at the end of the day, everything is known. If someone, everything will be known. Meaning, if someone thinks that there is a secret that will stay forever a secret, is making a mistake. Because a secret can be a secret, but at one point, at the end, when did this end? Depends on every secret, but since they will not stay anymore a secret. And therefore, fear God and follow His way. This is the, 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 the Jewish philosophy. Now, now, to make it more simple, the Talmud says like this. If you're telling a secret only to your best friend, your best friend, maybe he has one best friend. And these best friends also have one best friend. <laughs> now, this sentence is written... The Georgian way. No, it's, it's, like that, but it's like this. From the creation of the world, every time and place in the world, a secret that is said, but one person would say that if there is two testimonies that knows about it, by the end, everyone will listen about it. And this is, there is so many stories about it that we don't need to go into stories of life because this is wisdom of life. By saying something and thinking that no one else will know, it's not the, the smartest uh, philosophy. So, you know, sometimes we, we don't want that... Uh, that uh, we say, uh, what is a secret? It's something that you say just to one person at a time. <laughs> this is the secret. You don't say it in front of everyone. Just one by one. So one by one, but this is, a, this is the secret. We can learn this to seek in our make this sentence. We have it at the page 203. In, in Hebrew, a friend is chaver. Yeah? In our make, a friend is chavra. And the Talmud said like this, chavra, your friend, Chavra Itle, he has a friend. The Chavra, the Chavra, and the friend of your friend, Chavra Itle, he also had a friend. So why are we saying that? Because Yaakov, when he said, when he wanted to say the secret of the coming of Mashiach to his sons, he knew that they would tell it to their sons. So the fact that they are righteous people doesn't explain the idea of Yaakov that no one else will know about it. He knew that by saying it, there is 12 people at least now in front of him. So by saying something in front of 12 people, so it will go, it will continue to go. And then some people, they may lost hope by, by listening to the date of coming of Mashiach. So we come back to our original question. 
what is the purpose of Yaakov by saying the date of Mashiach? Now, what we wanted to say, and we mentioned it before, is that if we look through Jewish literature, the greatest righteous people, we can think about the Rambam, Maimonids, everyone heard about Maimonids, we can talk about many, 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 Rasad, Rabbi Gaon, and the, link is very, the, the list is very long. In their books, it's written, Mashiach will come in this and this date. It's written in many of the books. We're going to read uh, one or two of them. When, when are these dates? When were these books written? Maimonides was written a thousand years ago. For example, and he wrote a date that Mashiach to come. This date has passed already. And Mashiach didn't come. We're going to see now in the text, for example, a text from the Or Achai Makadosh. Or Achai Makadosh was a great, great righteous tzaddik before the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov was 300 years ago in Eastern Europe. But he had a connection with this righteous tzaddik, the Or Achai Makadosh, Rabbi Chaim Ben Natar, that lived in Morocco in the same time. They were connected. And each one of them wanted to arrive to Israel and they were planning to meet there. The Bar Shem Tov left, Bar Shem Tov began the trip, but this trip didn't success. The, 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 the boat gets broken. Every time he was trying, the, the, he had to go back. And he wasn't able to, to get to Israel, never. His students arrived, he never arrived. The Orachai Makadosh arrived to Israel, he's today buried on the Mount of Olives, in the Harazetim. He has a book about the Torah called the Or HaChaim HaKadosh. This book, every righteous rabbi or tzaddik from all the communities in the world know about Or HaChaim HaKadosh. If you ask any rabbi Or HaChaim HaKadosh, that's one of the references of explanation of the Torah with secrets of the Torah, with Kabbalah. Now, in his book on the Torah, that is printed, that everyone has, we have it here, <laughs> have it in my house, the book of Or HaChaim HaKadosh, it's written the day that Moshiach will come. It's written in the book. And I invite you to look at it. We have it at the page 204. There is the text, Or HaChem HaKadosh, Bamidbar 26, 19, which perek, which pasuk? Exactly, the page. And he writes like this. Here I will read the text in Hebrew. And he begins to say, There was a day that was, he was supposed to come, but we didn't, we weren't Zoche, we didn't merit. So I didn't come that date. So now we will come this date. This is what he's, what he's writing. Let's read it in the text. If we will, we, we, we will marry it. So 172 years at the end of the fourth millennium, then Mashiach will come. Because we didn't marry it. He will come after the year 5,000. He will come in the year 5,500. Which year are we today? We are 5,780. So he's writing in his book, Mashiach will come in the year 5,500. When did the Orachai Makadosh live? He lived right before that date. 
Meaning he passed away. We we have it here in the in the in the in the, in the book. He, 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 he passed away a few years after that date. I mean, that date he was in life and he saw that Mashiach didn't come. When he wrote it, it was when, the pre, when he wrote his book, it was before that. It, it, uh, it goes together with the year, just to have, it's the year 1740. 1740. This is what it, 1740. So how are we supposed to explain that? No, everyone has this book in his uh, bibliotheque. It's written the date. It's published. And uh, Moshiach didn't come. And we're learning about it. We make it pub public. So before to answer, I just want to tell you that it's not the only text like this. There's many texts like this. In many different books. You can take them from uh, go to every synagogue. You take the books. And you will have a lot of different dates. The common point of all these dates is that all of them are past. <laughs> so. No, no. <laughs> no, no, all of them are past. But I will continue. Yeah, no, so we, we need to explain. Uh, whoever, who had learned already a part of the Zohar into the text, in the text of the Zohar, you already learned once the Zohar, into the text of the Zohar, it's a book that was written by Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai in the time of the Romans, about 2,000 years ago, he hid into a cave because the Roman wanted to kill him. He stayed there in the beginning for 12 years and he met Eliyahu Navi, the prophet Elijah that was before and he learned the Zohar. He was with his son. He didn't move out from a cave for 12 years and then another year, altogether 13. I always think that, uh, that I want us to, some teenagers are learning with them about Lagba Omer, about the holiday of the passing, the day of Rabbi Shimon Bar Yochai. And I'll ask them, will you be ready to stay for 13 years into a cave? And I was sure that they would say, no. And they didn't answer, no. They said, if we have Wi-Fi, it's okay. Some people say when you learn the Zohar, you get crazy. So look, I'll tell you a secret. We'll now learn some lines from the Zohar. You can be sure no one will go out of it. So I'll explain. So I can tell you something about it, that the, the one that published the Zohar, the one that explained the Zohar, his name is the Arizal, Ari Kadosh. You know, he lived in Tzfas. He's the one that taught the Zohar, that made it public. And two things about him. Number one, you know how long he lived? He lived 38 years. In his life, he passed away at the age of 38, the Arizal. And he already published the Zohar, so before 40. Yeah. Number two, he writes, Mitzvah lefarsem zot Meaning, translation, it's a mitzvah, a good deed to publicize this work. And he say, before me, we didn't have to publicize. But from now, that's uh, 500 years ago, 400 years ago. We have to publicize. Just what? We have to do it in the proper way. This is what is important. Meaning, today you can have a Zohar and this, you know, some Kabbalah, and then totally disconnected from Judaism in the proper way. But when it's taught in the proper way, it's not a problem to learn it. And the opposite, the worst time is that it wasn't proper. But today it is proper to learn it in the proper way. Tell you even more than that, many, many synagogues, after the morning prayer, everyone gathered, and we learned a, 
a book called Chok Israel. We read it here. And uh, we learned a few texts from the, from the Torah, from the Talmud, and from the Zohar. And people that gather do not necessarily be scholars or rabbis or people with a lot of knowledge. Everyone comes. So Jews always uh, learn the Zohar. And this is what we will do now. So I invite you to learn with me a few lines of the Zohar at the page 205 in the book that you have. It's Zohar volume 1, page 116b. Like this, you can check it out uh, <laughs> in your own Zohar. And the Zohar said like this. The Zohar said a prophecy that happened. It happened. It already happened. And I will say what it happened. We will read it in the text. So the Zohar was written 2,000 years ago. The, what we are uh, reading now, it was written 2,000 years ago. And it wrote like this. Ubeshit me'ashnin leshitla. When it will be 600 years, the 600 years from the sixth millennium, the 600 years from the sixth millennium, it means uh, from the year 5,000, 5,600, 600 years from the sixth millennium. So in the year 5,600, what will happen? The doors of the wisdom of above, they will open. And also the wealth of the lower wisdom. Both wisdom will be revealed in that time. And the Zohar said that through the wisdom that will come out in that time, the world will get ready to enter the seventh millennium. And the Zohar gives an example. Like a person, that he prepares on Friday, before sunset, to get ready for Shabbat. Each one knows when it's Friday, we get ready. We prepare everything we need to eat and we need to do for the Shabbat. The same way, and he gives a pasuk, when Noah was 600 years old, this is when the Mabul begins, the, the wealth of the water. So the Zohar said, 5,600, they will open this water, like Noah. Now like this. There is um, a question that is asked in many books of research that don't have any answer to it. The, answer, the question is like this. If you look, almost, almost every discovery that was made in the 19th century, you can take the telephone, the train, the, anything, and you will look into it. Who discovered it? I'll ask you a question. Who discovered the telephone. Bell. Bell. Yeah. Bell yeah. No, like, oh, so exactly. Right away, this is exactly what I wanted to say. In everything that you will find, you will find that a few different people find it in the same time in different places. At a point that each one was selling that the other one stole them, stole from the other. Some of the things is just impossible because it was different places. And we don't have any logical explanation for the fact 
that two find it in the same way. In the Torah, we have an explanation for that. Because when God decides that it's the time to reveal a secret, so that's the proper time. Now, who will have this secret? Not someone in the middle to walk in the street, he will get this discovery. Someone that is middle to walk on this field, he will discover it. I say it in short, a short story. There was in Tzfat. Tzfat is the city of Kabbalah. I, I love this story. It's one of my best stories. There was a... Rabbi Yosef Karo. He was in Shulchan Aruch. He was in the city of Tzfat. And he was learning a text of the Rambam, of Maimonides. Very difficult text. He didn't understand it. He spent days and days and days and days and days. But then he got it. He got the answer. Next day, he goes into the synagogue. And he see two people that they finished the day of job. Very hard day. They didn't know to learn so much, but they wanted to open a book. Which book did they open? The same text of the Rambam, of Maimonides. The text that he has learned now for the last couple of days, couple of weeks, couple of months. He learned very hard. And they're listening as one after the other. I have a question on this text. Which question he asked? The question that the Beit Yosef asked to himself. And the other one, the friend, answer. But the answer is very simple. And he gives them the answer that Rabbi Yosef Karo has fine. After days and days and days of learning, the other one gives it like this. Oh. Rabbi Yosef Karo listened to that discussion and he said, it's not possible. I have learned all my life. I'm studying this subject. It took me a long time to find it. And this guy is saying it. Now, the best Yosef wrote a book. He has a book. It's printed. Where there is question that he said, this question, I didn't know the answers. And then, therefore, I had to ask it to an angel. And the angel gave me the answer. And it's printed. Question that I asked to the angel, answer of the angel. This is one of the questions that he asked to the angel. How is it possible that I have learned it so long and the other one knew it right away? <laughs> it's written. Magid, the Magid, the Magid. The angel answered to the Beit Yosef and told him, look, this question that you ask, before you, no one find the answer. And you needed to bring it down. It was blocked in heaven. You needed to open the door and to bring it down. Ah. The moment you open the door, everyone can find it. Ah. It's written like this. This is the... So it's the same principle for everything. If God has decided that has come the moment to open the door, everyone that now is in that can find it. And we're actually talking about it today. Look the world. Look the world. For thousands of years, people didn't have electricity. The world didn't advance. And in a few hundred years, in 100 years, the world is changing so much. Now, are the people in the last 200 years more smart than the people that lived in the thousands of years before? The answer is no. No? We're smarter than all the... So how come that all these years, the world didn't change so much? The whole invention of these new tools and this tool. But there wasn't a real changement. And suddenly there is so many changements. The answer is, this is Zohar. God has decided that in the year 5,600, the doors will open of have the doors of wisdom from above and the door of wisdom from the bottom. What is the doors of wisdom? What are these doors? The good and the bad. So, we, we, yes, uh, like this. The, the, the wisdom from above is the wisdom of the Torah. Mm-hmm. The wisdom from the bottom is the wisdom of the world. Science. Now, wi- the science. Now, wisdom of the world is not good or bad. Depends what you're going to do with it. Mm-hmm. 
Meaning, I'll give an example. The atomic power. Is it good or bad? Invented. Depends what you do with it. <laughs> so, you can do with it the best, and you can do with it the worst. And like this, you can, every discovery that there is, you can use it for the best of the world. But this is discovery from the world. What happened in the year 5,600? That century is the century of all the discoveries. Now, the Zohar that was written 2,000 years ago said that during that century, it will be the revelation of it. What happened in that century, that date? This is the date of the revelation of the Bar Shem Dov and the teaching of the Hasidut. And I just saw today, yesterday in Jerusalem, there is a big Chacham, a big rabbi that passed away. He was from Morocco. He's um, Rabbi David Bouskila. His name is Rabbi David Bouskila. His son is the rabbi of the Sephardic synagogue in Brooklyn, Gad Bouskila. And his father, Rabbi David, passed away. He's the one that translated the Tanya in Arabic. Yeah, with who did he learn the Tanya in Arabic? With who did, in Arabic. With who did he learn it? He learned it with Khan's grandfather, Rabbi Raskin of Morocco. And the Rebbe asked him to be on charge. So he went, Rabbi Raskin went to Rabbi David Buskila and said, we need to translate the Tanya in Arabic. So first of all, they learned the Tanya and he translated in Arabic. Now, the Rebbe gave a long speech then. What is the purpose to translate it in Arabic? He came to present the Tanya. And the Rebbe asked him, Rabbi David Buskila, what is the purpose? So he said, if some Jews that live in some Arab country, they want to learn it, they can learn it. So the Rebbe said, it's not only that. And the Rebbe told him that there is something very spiritual that was done by that. And I will use the words of the Rebbe. You turned over Klipat, Amal, Klipat Ishmael. Mm-hmm. <coughs> Klipat Ishmael means the spiritual powers of Ishmael that can be used for bad. By in this language, writing secrets of the Torah, you have a spiritual effect on it. Meaning behind, it, we are talking about something very spiritual. By translating it, the Torah into a certain language, you're having an effect into that language, into the angels that represent that country. They're being changed by the fact that Torah is being learned and translated into that language. We're going into very high. So the fact that it was translated in Arabic, it has... Now going back into this part of the Zohar, when the Zohar tells us a date, the date has an effect. So now going back to our subject, what is the purpose that the Tzadikim gave a date? When the Tzadikim gave a date, and we ask, it didn't happen? Something happened on that date. Mashiach, in order to come, it's an amount of good deeds that we need to do. It's not a date. It's an amount of good deeds. The Tzadikim, they may see, the Tzadik may see that very soon we can come to an amount of good deed, and if we finish a little bit more, this good deed, we can reach this level. You know, I don't know, there is a campaign, there is something, a business that you need to finish and you need a certain amount. You know, if I get this amount, I... Uh, I uh, you accomplished. I accomplished. You accomplished. If there is a little, a little bit more. The tzaddikim, many times, they saw that there was a little bit more left. A little bit more. So they say... How long it take to, to, 
to achieve this, it takes a few years. So in a few years, Mashiach can come. The purpose of saying it is to make the people better that they should push themselves from the last little years to make more in order that it shall come. There was many times in history that Mashiach was able to come. But we missed the date because we didn't act properly. We didn't deserve it. The tzaddikim, by telling us this is a date that Mashiach can come, the purpose of it is keep yourself good till this date. Make something better till this date. This is the objective. Now what happened? All these dates, we know that for a fact it didn't happen. Lanel, let's go back to Yaakov. It's written that when we went out of Egypt, if we will deserve, with Moshe Rabbeinu, we will enter directly the land of Israel. And it will be forever. But on the way, there was the golden calf. And then we sent some spies and we say we're never going to enter Israel. And we stay in the desert for 40 years. And Moshe Rabbeinu didn't enter the land of Israel. And we're still here today. Now, Yaakov Avinu knew that. Maybe what Yaakov Avinu wanted to say to his son is not 3,000 years. His Mashiach can come very soon. And even giving them a date. But that depends on you. If you will act properly till last date, imagine some, someone, Yaakov Avinu, or Tzadik comes and tell you, if for the next two weeks you act properly, Mashiach is coming. You will act properly? Correct? No. no. How, no how come that for the next two weeks not necessarily will act 100% properly? <laughs> because we didn't have this Tzadik that came to tell us that. So this is what Yaakov wanted to say to his sons. If you will act properly, Mashiach can come not in 3,000 years. He will give them the next date. He will give them the next time. And that time can be very soon. Probably what Yaakov Avinu wanted to tell them is, I don't know because he didn't tell it. But it's sure that it was very soon. And by telling it this, they will act good and it will have come at this time. Now what happened? God said to Yaakov, no. No, don't tell it. Why? But if they will act properly, it will come. If he will tell it, and they will act, he will tell it. If we will tell it, because Hashem wants that it comes from our effort, only from our effort, without having the push. So, yeah. So there is here a debate between Yaakov, if you can say so, and Hashem. Yaakov is saying. Let's reveal them when Mashiach is coming. Let's make, let's make it happen now. Yeah. And Hashem said, no, 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 no. They're going to have to do it themselves. Maybe it will be more long. And it was more long. Maybe it will be more difficult. But it will be from our effort. And Hashem, now look. Hashem, He knows everything. And He knows that it's better to wait till now. But from our effort. Meaning the result that Moshiach will be by coming of our effort is so much greater that it's worth it to wait all this time just it will be by our effort. Now in life, not always everything is easy. Each one in his life. We may go difficult moments. But Hashem gives us powers. He gives us strength to go through that moment. And the fact that we take these powers of Hashem and we decide not to let ourselves broken by the difficulties that we face, but to keep strong. So it's being by our effort. 
through that we get to result a lot more if Hashem will give us the easy way that He can give us and come directly. So Hashem doesn't want us always to have the easy way, but He, he wants us to get to the result and He will bring to the result. And this is the conclusion for the first part of this uh, subject. We understand why Yaakov wanted to say, why Hashem didn't want to say. We understand that in the Zohar it is written in the future. We have uh, read about it. And uh, now we're all going to uh, sit around the, the table and, uh, and have a debate about all this subject. Okay, it's just a test to see if it goes. And meanwhile, I'm going to my phone to see if I'm able to open WhatsApp during my messages and I'm able to. So I'm closing it.